We on. We're on. I had to double check there for a hot second. I really do feel like I might need to go get my sunglasses. It is cloudy, and cloudy light is always hard for me. But you like, do you like cloudy days? I do like cloudy days. Yeah. But but where we're sitting, like the cloudy sometimes feels brighter to me than if the sun was coming in. Yeah. Because when the sun is coming in, it's in a, it's hitting the spot it hits. But when it's cloudy outside, it diffuses all that bright light everywhere. And it makes it quite intense. How dare the sun be like that? How dare you get everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I only want you when I want you. Yeah, I only want you full sun in my front yard to grow my flowers. Yeah, that's true. It is a little chilly for spring, like later spring, mm-hmm. but I know you're digging you're it. You're not going to hear me complain about Absolutely it being chilly. Absolutely not. But, uh, yeah, we're both drinking water today. I know. Look at us. We are. Well, last week is the week that I drank caffeine in the afternoon. <laughs> so uh, we're just keeping it clean this morning. Mm-hmm. And you are wearing short sleeves and I'm wearing long sleeves. Who, who are we? We don't know, apparently. What even is going on today? We're all mixed up. Okay. You ready? Let's go. Let's do it. This is Be Createful, a podcast about finding fullness through creativity. I'm Joe. And I'm Madison. And on. Hang on a second. <laughs> it's the light. It's the diffused light. Blame it on the light. And Do you today, need me to start oh, over? No, I got okay. this. I got this. Today on episode 116, we're talking about responsible creativity. <gasps> Ooh. This creativity likes to wear button up shirts. And is always five minutes early to whatever it goes to. It doesn't and drive when it's over the limit. Exactly. Um, and uh, it likes to send cards to people on their birthday. It probably saves more than it spends. This or like true. doesn't spend more than it makes. Yeah. We'll say it that way. And occasionally when, the, when this creativity goes out to eat, it cuts its portion in half so it can have some dinner now and some dinner left over. I- for tomorrow. I bet it goes to the dentist twice a year, too. <gasps> this is true. What a good little creativity this is. Uh-huh. It so probably pulls its, its trash bins in, like, the <laughs> evening when it gets home. Or even if it goes home for lunch and the trash has already been picked up, I bet it pulls its trash bins in. Man, I wish I had goals. Like, I, my goals are to be, like, this res- this creativity. So responsible. Such a good neighbor. <laughs> good friend. Good okay. at the self-care. So as as we're pulling out of our digression here, <laughs> we're talking about responsible creativity. Uh, what was the other word that we were talking Stewardship. about? Yeah, that this this creativity has a lot in relation to other people and its connection or other things. Like it's not just about you. It's about how your creativity plays into the community. Yeah. When you brought this up, I was thinking about the conversation we had a couple weeks ago about creativity as a luxury and um, the, the privilege that creative access is for a lot of people. And so like with any privilege, the privilege isn't good or bad. It just is. Mm-hmm. And then it's what you do with your privilege. Like, are you using it to make your community better? So are you like using it to pull others up or are you using your privilege as a head start to get yourself further ahead? Mm-hmm. And then not realize by not realizing that you're like, trampling on people or you know i think another way to look at this might be uh just not utilizing your creativity to its fullest potential oh right like like if you have it and you're just taking it for granted kind of absolutely so with that being said um does this mean that we owe something like owe pieces of our creativity to you know these varying groups like our community our friends and our family is that what being a responsible, like using our creativity I mean, responsibly means? Anything? I think if you want to be a like a member of society, part of your community, then you, you do you don't owe it, but it, it does require something of you. Mm. So if you want to participate in community things, it is going to require that you give. To your community. And there's a lot of ways that that can happen. Um, but also if you don't want to give to your community, then you're not going to be participating in community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, 
you know, I had to kind of learn this a little bit when I bought a house mm. because now I have like an outside of my house to take care of as opposed to an apartment complex, um, which some apartments can feel very like communal and people get together. Mm -hmm. But the one I was in did not. And now I have kind of a responsibility to my neighbors to like make sure my house, at least on the outside, looks, you know, appropriate, passable, whatever you want to call it, it, that it's well taken care of. Also, we don't live in areas where we have an HOA. Yes. Like a lot of times, um, like my parents live in a subdivision with an HOA and this is where it gets into like the have to kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Some of the ridiculous rules that um, an HOA will come up with. I saw a funny Instagram reel of these people saying that their HOA sent them a letter because they have dead shrubs in their front yard. So they spray painted them green. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I've seen tons of interesting things on what HOAs will, Mm -hmm. like, require of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I even heard that there's a lot of HOAs that are managed not by people in the community, but by various firms that do it for you. Yeah. Which is wild. Well, they're just making money off of it. Yeah. And it's litigious. It's very much like... Yeah, like lawyers get involved and stuff. I was like, whoa, I had no idea. And... This is where I think it kind of is the opposite of creativity is because it wants conformity. Yeah. It requires like specific measurements or heights or or like how many things you can have in your yard. And of course you don't want someone. I mean, there's reasons why you can't have like 18 trailers parked outside your house and all these broken down cars. Like there is a... A balance, right? Sure. But also, like, for example, I'm working in my yard right now. And I've been working diligently mm-hmm. and consistently in my yard. A third of it looks good. Yeah. The other two thirds looks wild. <laughs> but, you know, I'm out there working. Mm-hmm. So I can only do so much. That's true. And you're only one person. Yeah. And an HOA would probably be like, uh, you need to take care of this two thirds of your yard. Yeah. And I would say... I'm cultivating this one third and the two thirds will get there. I don't know. Also in the summer, I'm not going to be out there. It's way too I'm doing hot. Other things. Yes. So there's no, a lot of times in an HOA grace, like yes. you like to talk about of, um, trusting that your neighbors are doing the best that they can, like using that as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we digress. We're not talking about HOAs, but it is, it does highlight what you were talking about, your responsibility to your neighbors. It does highlight the tension that comes when you try to force like legislate it to look a certain way yeah to look like it all conforms and belongs together versus the creativity side that we're going to talk about yeah I think um what I like what you said about the conformity it requires you that like this is this is what we deem as okay and anything outside of Mm -hmm. this is problematic um but that also very much limits your options. I mean, you don't have any options uh, because there might be something that's better or perhaps more interesting out there that you could do to, you know, make a yard, you know, pretty enjoyable to the community. But an HOA doesn't allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. So even so, like in most of our neighborhoods, there isn't an HOA. um, We still have city ordinances. Yeah. Um, we have a little bit more freedom as to how we, you know, present our, our spaces to the community. And that allows us to kind of maybe spark some ideas about what that could look like. But oftentimes we don't think about like the different choices we can make because it's just easy to do what everyone else is doing. Hmm. It's just easy to do things the traditional way because there's more information on it, access to supplies and, um, access to supplies and information about it are just way easier. It's also what already existed. Like back to the a yard, um, I don't want a lawn. That's too much work for me. And I know it seems like right now I am putting a lot in on the front end for Which you are. flowers and stuff. But in the long run, um, it should be easier to maintain. Um, but also most people, when you go into a place, you just already have the yard. So then it's easier at the front end to just stay with what has been given to you too. Just keep doing what you've been doing. So I totally get that. Mm -hmm. With, if we're using like a yard as an example. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, the first thing that came to my mind when you talked about having this conversation, um, this goes back to abundance and scarcity mindset. I'll link to that um, podcast where we kind of lay that out. But the two things about abundance mindset that I always bring up over and over in conversation, number one is collaboration over competition. And so that is one way that I can steward um, our like the things that I'm good at is to collaborate with other people instead of like feeling like I need to compete with them alongside of that um, would be freely sharing information versus hoarding my knowledge Um, because I learned it from somewhere. So why would I force someone else to do the legwork of like learning it where if I can point them in the direction of knowledge, they can learn it faster, then they can start doing their thing faster. And then that benefits our community well, faster. I agree. Like if you are just going to, yeah, n- you're, you are hindering your community by not making this mm-hmm. information present to everyone. Yeah. Um, and don't we all want to live in like better, more creative communities? Yeah. I don't now, think anyone would say no to that. No. Now I will say there is proprietary you know, information or like things that you have developed yourself. That's different. People also consultants are basically charging you for their knowledge because they put a lot into gaining their knowledge too. So I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't ever charge for information or that something shouldn't be, you know, that everything should just be free. That's not what I mean. But like, um, I think that there is still, a way that you can like have open communication. Um, and then some things you do invest in, in, like I could go to a gardening class that I would pay for, or even at make do we charge for our creative classes so that we can keep offering them. Exactly. And also it's not like classes are not always just about information, Mm -hmm. but it's also about community as well. Um, But even that, so, so like you can go to a free like quilting circle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and get community and get the information for free. I could do that at my house for free, like teach people. Um, But at McDo, like it's our work Mm -hmm. as well. And so I think that is maybe the difference is um, are you paying people for the labor that they're putting out there? And then people get to decide what they can do for free and and what I mean they still got to eat too so you know this idea of creative stewardship or responsible creativity made me think about a um like branding exhibition that I recently went Mm. to at our local university the students had the assignment to take an existing park that we had and design it and Uh, to try and figure out different uses for the public space because there's a library on it now, but that will soon be moving. And Mm so watching them use their creativity to find ways to use what we already have for a new purpose uh, really made me think about this whole stewardship Mm. thing. Like we have these buildings and facilities. We need to figure out what to do with them. What are some non-traditional ways that we could be using this space? Mm -hmm. Or how could this space be made better? Um, And oftentimes I think that like when you bring innovation into it, it helps to keep like it. It just makes it feel, well, it's more fresh. It's new. And I like that sort of thing. And walking through um, all of these exhibitions made me think, wow, I really wish that communities could get more innovative with their spaces, but I know part of the reason that why that doesn't happen is time and money because it's easier to just do things the normal way, the traditional way, because it's easy and simple. Sometimes it's also uh, cheaper mm-hmm. to knock an old building down versus renovate it. And we've talked about this. I'll link this one too. We have a whole episode on trash or treasure where I think we bring up specifically old buildings. Um, but in some conversations recently in town, um, I have been talking to people about my goal with make do is to invest our time, the space where we are in, um, into like neighborhoods that already exist, something that already exists versus trying to just go out and build something totally 
new or from scratch. I was having a conversation with a local small business owner and they were lamenting that there are a lot of the perhaps more interesting shops are Mm -hmm. seeming to leave our uh, downtown area and just talking about, wow, I really hope that something just as interesting goes in Mm -hmm. Um, because that is important. We do need all different types of businesses, uh, but often the very unique ones is is just such even a pleasure to walk by in a downtown space. And I think we are part of that. We offer an interesting, unique downtown space. But also... Wherever you live, as you are listening to this, those unique spaces will only be able to continue to exist if you support them with your business. Like, not like if just you vote with your dollars. Yeah, like, you have to spend your money in those places that you want to see exist. And maybe that's another um, angle of stewardship and responsibility to our community. Um, and it's not necessarily directly tied to like your own creativity, but, um, like I wish we had an independent bookstore. Mm -hmm. We've got a used bookstore, but you know, if I, if there's a new book I want, I can't guarantee, you know, I'm probably not going to find it there. So on the rare occasions that I do purchase books, I mean, I have to like go to Amazon. Yeah. I would like right now I am, I would like to get some like gold hoop earrings. Uh-huh. I could go to just just about anywhere to find those, but I would like to find a place either locally or somewhere online where it's a small mm-hmm. business because I want to value the people who like make those items, especially something that I'm going to be keeping around for a while. Mm-hmm. I want to vote with my dollars that I want more creatives out there in the world. Yeah. So part of being res- uh using or being responsibly creative means that helping other creatives out, whether it's with information or your dollars. Right. Um, I also think a lot of times those, those will be more expensive than like going to Walmart and buying something. And I think another angle of being just a responsible citizen (laughs) is checking our consumption, not over consuming. And when things are really cheap, um, then there's no, we can get as much of it as we want. And so there's there's no uh, pressure on us or checks and balances to make sure that we are not over-consuming in certain things. Something that I wrote down here was like, what, what responsibilities do we have in our creativity and what are like the giant circles? Thinking about mm. our circles of influence. Mm-hmm. And the largest one is the world. What influence does our, you know, creativity have on the world? And to me, that means... Um, trying to get as many of your materials or buying things responsibly. Um, there is a lot, uh, I mean, there is a lot of water waste when it comes to making fabric. This is something that's close to my heart. Cause if you've been listening, I like to sew, I like to make clothing. Um, and oftentimes the best way to engage in my creativity in a ethically responsible way is being able to go to the thrift store and source fabric that has already been used for something yeah. else. Um, and trying to avoid uh, places that, you know, sell fabric that is probably not produced under the best circumstances. Mm-hmm. But that means that the things that you buy, either you have to, like, be open to what you are willing to purchase, like, at a thrift store, or um, you have to be, will- be willing to pay more yeah. because the places that are selling new ethical fabric are going to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, so part of me using my creativity my creativity responsibly is trying to reduce the amount of like waste and trying to be a little bit more green in my mm-hmm. creativity. That's where buying local is so is helpful too because then you're not shipping mm-hmm. things. You don't have the packaging waste, the like emissions waste of something getting to you and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um So my favorite definition of creativity is seeing a void and filling it with yourself. And that in itself is um, a stewardship act, like a getting outside of your own circumstances um, or like your own little bubble that you live in and seeing um, cracks in our world, like in our community, literal cracks in the sidewalk, um, cracks in the social structures of our community, and then taking what you're good at and pouring into those places. Um, 
So when you said, you know, like the different concentric circles Mm -hmm. and talking about the world, like that means we all have something that we can offer to a problem. Like in the whole world, (laughs) there is at least one problem that you are uniquely suited to engage with and maybe not solve. I don't know that we can eradicate um, a lot of the problems that our world faces, but I do think that we are equipped um, because I believe in like creator in an over like that love exists in our world for a reason. And it's so that we can keep existing together. And so if that is all true, then that means we've been given everything we need to like bring that forward. Um, The ways that I try to implement this in my own life has been through my occupations or even the volunteer work that I Mm -hmm. do. A lot of it has to do with kids because I want to be the person that I wish I had when I was a kiddo and I am able to connect with kids um, and have a lot of patience with kids that Mm -hmm. other people don't seem to have. Mm -hmm. I just assumed people had this sort of patience. (laughs) No. But uh, I've been told that they do not. So... Um, not only do I get to do this in my job where I am using my abilities in order to fill that void of a adult that is outside of teachers and parents that a kid can connect with. Um, but I also try to do it like, um, in the church that I go to, I want to, I want to use my creativity, my natural given talents in order to fill that void Mm -hmm. because I know that I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. There are times that I do need a break from that where I just need a nice little adult conversation, adult meaning mature. Um, (laughs) But uh, I do think that because I have been given this talent, I I want to use it in a generous way. Yeah. In what way? So we have to think about the ways that we have been gifted creatively and how can we use it to benefit others? I think about your mom drawing up a spreadsheet of all of the washers and dryers mm-hmm. when you were trying to get one. And I thought that's a lovely way that she's able to see a void, mm-hmm. a void of information and fill it with herself. Yeah. And I love that. Which usually involves a spreadsheet. Hey, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, a lot of times we focus on money. Like when it comes to things like stewardship um, or generosity, we boil it all down to what we're able to give financially. Um, As as a nonprofit that relies on the financial generosity of other people, that is important to keep doing that as you are able and like inspired to do so. But there's also so many other ways that people support even what we do specifically like all of our um, instructors that teach adult classes, they're all sharing their creativity. Um, yeah, they're volunteering mm-hmm. their hours to come here and mm-hmm. teach other people the awesome things that they mm-hmm. do. Yeah, so that's another way that you can be creatively, uh, a, to be a good steward of your creativity is just figure out ways that you can give back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right now I have a l- some gardening friends um, that I've been like texting a bazillion questions. And then not only am I texting them questions, but then I'm also sending them, you know, f- several pictures of the little seedlings that are growing up in my yard and stuff. And that's been such a gift to have people who are getting excited alongside me and my excitement for this new thing that I'm doing. Um, and that is a particular type of... Um, it's a way that I'm feeling like loved and in community with those people, with those friends, you know, that they are sharing in the excitement and their knowledge, but yeah. they're also not like, stop sending me pictures of the little seedlings. Yes. I get it. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so ex- exciting. Yes. So they're using their time and emotional energy mm-hmm. in order to help you out. Um, Cause that's another way that we can uh, give back in a creative sense. I've got a friend right now where we just like send pictures back and forth of our different projects. They don't really have a lot to do with each other. Mm-hmm. We just like showing off our work and it's just really awesome to occasionally get a question of like, hey, what are you working on now? Because uh-huh. that's not often it's often a question that I get. It's pretty much only from other creative people. So even if you're not creative and you have a creative friend who in the traditional sense, yeah. it's always nice to, they, I, you know, 
maybe this is just me, but sending them a text like, hey, what project are you working on now? Because being able to share allows you to inspire. And that was one of the other things that I wrote down about um, being like responsible with your creativity because when you are creative other and you get to share and when you share that with other people, it gives them inspiration to be able to then go out and enact their own creativity. Like you're redoing your lawn around the same time I was building a new flower bed. Mm -hmm. And it was like that inspiration that gave me the energy to be able to continue to make more stuff. Um, so when it comes to like our friends and community, both taking part in the creative process and applauding those yeah. who take part in the creative process um, is a good way to just foster creativity and be responsible with your creativity. Mm -hmm. um, another way I just thought of this to be responsible with your creativity is to not always be starting something new and to come alongside things that are already existing. Um, I see this, this conversation happens a lot in the nonprofit space that people will be passionate about something, anything. And they think I'm going to start a nonprofit to address this issue, um, hunger. And so if you just start something new to address hunger in your community without looking and seeing at what are the other things that already exist to address hunger in your community, then you actually might be taking resources for, from something that already exists where you could have poured your resource into something and like built it up even more, like bolstered yeah. something that already exists. And I'm thinking not just like potential donors to your nonprofit, but like your creative energy that it took to be able to come up with an idea and branding and all of that business, or even this new way of maybe like, for instance, fighting hunger, um, that could have been given to someone else who was already in the business of doing much work. But the thing is, is that people want to feel a lot of like ownership yeah. and they want to feel like, well, it's me and what I'm doing, but that's not really community minded right. because then are you really like, I don't want to question whether someone is doing good for the right reasons. However, we do have to check our pride when it comes to like, well, I want my name to be on it and I want to be, the founder of this and I want, to, do you want to help people or do you want to have your name and have a cool title? It also goes to what we were talking about before of um, sometimes we just go with whatever's right in front of us, you know, our lawn or, or the status quo or whatever. So I think it's also a pattern that our society is familiar with of like, see a need, start a nonprofit. Um, in the long run, that is way more work yes. and not sustainable compared to see a need, see what's already happening to solve the need um, and coming alongside the work that someone else has already like poured a lot into because it requires us to get out of our comfort zone more um, and to take the time to see like what already exists. Um so whenever, and, and I just think of that because I, I have people who occasionally, you know, come to talk to me about starting a nonprofit. And even when Make Do started, um, I, as soon as I could, like tried to latch on, not latch on in like a leeching parasitic sort of way, but tried to create relationships with things that already existed and say, how can we like partner back to collaborate um, with what you're doing? So I think that's another way to look at it is you don't have to have when you're looking at um, seeing a void and filling it with yourself. That doesn't mean that you have to come up with something completely like new and innovative and that's never been done before. Most likely something is already happening in your community that you can be part of. Yeah. I was in different ways, right? Like yeah. we're obviously our own nonprofit, but we've been able to partner with others. So there's mm -hmm. like different levels of collaboration and also like is there you know trying to be new and innovative right we, and we stay in our lane like it lets us be really good at doing one thing providing um you know creativity <laughs> to the community and we're not needing to do all of the other things too even though creativity impacts all of those other things yeah. as uh, as we have 
espoused upon so often in this yeah. podcast. It yeah. interacts with so many different things. Um, so a couple of things. W- one of the questions that I was trying to think through is what is our specifically what's our responsibility? How can we use our creativity to directly impact our communities? Mm. So um, one thing that popped up in our town that we have is we have a place called Art Alley where um, it was just a it's downtown and it was just where businesses it wasn't an alley that really even anyone drove through. It was just businesses like backed up to each other. And so a few years ago, um, some people turned that into what they called Art Alley. Um, There was a lot of excitement for the project at the beginning um, and it really flourished for a while. And then everyone involved just got really burned out because it was a lot of work to maintain. And there weren't like people sitting on the bench coming in when the people who were doing the work were getting tired. Um, So that kind of connects back to what I was just talking about, about finding things that are already happening. Um, Just like how um, me and my house, I can only work on part of my yard at a time. When it gets hot, I'm not going to be out there at all because it's going to be too exhausting. And so our communities need the, um, okay, I'll sub in. Like mm-hmm. you talking about with kids, you don't want to teach the kids on Sunday every single Sunday, no, 52 weeks a year. So we need, that's part of the, what we can offer our communities too is, um, coming in and being like, take a break. Yeah. And I'll come do this. Uh, I am one of those people that often says yes to too many things. Uh And part of good stewardship is saying no. So as much as we all, we have to have a call to action of, Hey, people be willing to sub in. We also need to tell people if you are overworked, you are not doing a good job of stewarding your creativity because we've talked about before when we've had like bumps in the road for, uh, you know, feeling blocked in our creativity or like when I was feeling really like low in my creativity, it was because I was burnt out. Yeah. So it is good for your creativity to take a break. Yeah. So please take a break and let someone else be able to join in. Right. And and if you are the kind of person who isn't um, spearheading all of those things, then you're, the way you can be responsible and participate is to tell other people to take a break like you step in and hey I got this now yeah I can do this for a week because Art Alley kind of fizzled out because there wasn't anyone and I think there's still people painting there maybe but it's also sometimes a real hot mess yeah and and things like that take a lot of like consistent upkeep so um you know a garden anything takes cultivating yes it does and people you can't do it alone no And you can't, or if something is going to last, if something is going to just exist into perpetuity, then there has to be a rotation of hands that are involved in it. Absolutely. Or you start something knowing this is for a season. Yes. And you commit to what you can do. Yep. I'm having to learn, okay, maybe this is a good way to be responsible too, is to not bite off more than you can chew. Mm -hmm. Like seriously, even thinking of, you know, when you're at a potluck and your eyes are way bigger than your stomach and then you get way more food than you can even eat and then you've wasted a bunch of food. I think that there's probably a metaphor there for um, when you have all the excitement of a new project, um, checking yourself and making sure that you're not ripping up more of your yard than you can put back together in one season and kind of phasing things. Yeah. And often the times that means waiting. Yeah. Waiting for the right time. And it can be hard to wait, but waiting can also be a decision. Uh-huh. It's not, it doesn't just have to be limbo. It can be, all right, I'm doing, you know, I, I've made this decision to do this, but I know like I need to sit with this for a little while mm-hmm. before I move on it. Or I need to sit with this for a bit and that's an okay choice to make. It's not doing nothing. There's a lot of things you can do in the waiting too. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, you start, okay, let's just keep talking about a garden. In the winter, when there is, nature is making you wait. <laughs> yes. There, you know, you can be planning and you can be learning and you can be 
prepping, you know, certain things, mapping out how you're going to get the project done. There's a lot that can happen in the waiting. It's just resting, taking care of yourself to make sure that you are in proper shape to be going out and doing what you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing. You can check in with yourself Mm -hmm. and make sure you are right and in the good space to be able to go out and do this project. If you wanted to be gardening, if we're going to continue with this, you would have to make sure that you know, post-shoulder surgery, you would be able to go and do all of that work because otherwise you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't be ready to go out there and garden. Yeah. Sometimes doing the thing is what gets you in shape for the thing too. Sometimes. This is true. Um, You just have to know your situation and again, check in with yourself and make sure that you are appropriately using your energy mm -hmm. in the right places. Um, Sometimes energy doesn't, it's not some, like something we can just have a, a bottomless resource of no. either. Like, we're not a solar lamp. <laughs> but I think even a solar lamp only can hold so much energy. And then if it's not using it, it's not storing more. Yeah. So. If you don't use it, you lose it. I mean, that's true. And your and your levels vary from time to time. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to check in with yourself and know what you're good with. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. That makes me think of um, the Big Fat Bear Week that they do in that conservatory, like in Alaska, where they show the bears at the end of the season after they've been eating all their salmon compared to how they are at the first of the season after they come out of hibernation. Because they're, you know, they eat like all summer long so that they can hibernate for six months or whatever. Man, that's just so wild to me that like bears hibernate. Such large creatures. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to nap for a while. And they give birth in hibernation. That's crazy. I know. That's insane. I know. I don't remember all the science of it, but anyway. Love that. Yeah. Another thing I'm currently obsessed with, with our responsibility in beautifying our community is um, I just want there to be pocket prairies everywhere. I mean, I remember uh, in one of my parks back home, there's just like this meadow that they have that's just full of wildflowers. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of scare me a little bit because I can't, I don't know what snakes are in there, but sitting, like sitting and looking at it from like the sidewalk and like looking out into the meadow is beautiful. Right. It's also not meant, you're probably not meant to run through the meadow. No, that's, that's not my place. I'm just supposed to sit there and gaze upon it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's good. It's not for you. It's for, I mean, it's for you to look at. It's for me to gaze upon. But then it's also for the snakes and it's for the pollinators, like the birds and the bees and the ladybugs and all of those things to like exist because then they make sure we have food to eat. Yeah. And I like eating. So I guess, I guess that's worth not trampsing through some flowers. Yeah. So now since I, um... And, you know, of a floral mindset at the minute, I just drive by all these places that I think, how much resources is it taking to keep that space mowed and keep it looking green in the heat of the summer? And if they would just sprinkle some wildflower seeds out there, we could have a pretty meadow. But I I think the reason that they don't is because it's just so much easier to control. I can just mow this grass and I know that there's not animals in here because I can see it and I keep it short mm-hmm. and I know how to fertilize it. And this is what everyone expects. It's like all of those things we've been talking about wrapped up into one. Yeah. And I mean, to some extent, like there are some good points in that, that it is sometimes you do need areas of control or like if you have a field that's meant to be used for like baseball or like this is a soccer field or this or this field just has a purpose of like this is where the kids do their egg hunts every year. Like there does need to be some control there, but why does that have to be everywhere? Right. That's the norm for like all of our spaces. Oh, I'm not saying we should like plant wildflowers in the outfield. I mean, that'd be a game. <laughs> I'm sure half the kids would be back there picking them, making daisy chains. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just spaces that aren't in, that don't have a, a use. And so instead of giving them a purpose yeah. of hosting all of this wildlife, we just strip it. So um, I'm from Texas, you are too, mm-hmm. and I love in the spring when the blue bonnets come up along the highways, and I wish that would ha- that was like more of a thing, that there were more like wildflowers planted along the highways or just 
these spaces that don't really have a lot of use. We have could... pretty wildflowers on our highways. Yeah. Here. I, yeah. We have some like buttercups and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, it's crazy how much of like Texas's identity is wrapped up in those wildflowers. Uh-huh. And I wish that there were more places like that uh-huh. um, that had more of these like green spaces that are that have these unique wildlife to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my little yard is going to have some of it. Pocket prairie. Yep. Your your house is going to be like like a like a little witch house in the woods, like cottage core esque, like because there's going to be flowers in the front yard, mm-hmm. and I just think that'll be so mm-hmm. cool. Um, when we when we think about using resources in the right way, too. Um, so let's you know, if I'm just thinking about me, I am only one person in my like house by myself um, with a business. You know, I have a lot of responsibilities. So the more that I can do, if I can put some wildflower seeds in my front yard and then it turns into a little park and I did get the wildflower mix that stays under two feet. So it's not like some of them get like four feet tall. So I did pick like a neighborhood friendly one. Mix, yeah. Um, Then it frees me up to use my energy in ways that are actually going to like better my community. So mm-hmm. through make do or like other things in my, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I got to mow. Yeah. So again, like saving up your time and mm-hmm. energy for things that you actually, that will make a bigger impact, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of like not starting a nonprofit, checking around to make sure that yeah. there's not already something like that present. Yeah, absolutely. Saving yourself for, um, for the things that actually make a bigger impact or yeah. that you do best. Yeah. Because, like, is mowing your lawn actually you doing your best? No. Yeah. And, of course, there are young kids, you know, who would like to make 20 bucks to mow my lawn. Sure. But then that also means I have to have how many bucks a month is that? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And, again, I'm a single income family. Yeah. There you go. Um, Any other random thoughts? No. That about wraps it up. Okay, well, I wrote some tips. All right. On how, 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 how to <laughs> responsibly create. Yeah. How to use our or just creativity how to engage. Good... Right. How to maybe think about response your creativity from a responsible or stewardship kind of mm-hmm. perspective. Um, did you write tips? Oh, I think I've been talking about them throughout this. Okay, uh, and I've we have mentioned some, so, so I'll sum them up as we go along. Okay, so um, one of my tips is just to invite people into your hobby. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm seeing this with my friends who are getting excited for me with gardening. You have talked about it uh, with friends who like to cosplay, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you are sharing your knowledge. So not only it does this hit the creativity side of things. Um, it also hits the community side because you're kind of getting to double dip because it's both building relationship and about the creative activity. There is something under the couch that Pip wants real bad. I'm not sure what it is. Who even knows? Oh, she's all the way under it now. Oh, my. She was like walking around trying to find a good entry point. Um, um, so my my tip that I mentioned earlier is taking whatever you're good at and like sharing it with others, maybe not in a necessarily like uber creative way, but I know that my talent is working with kiddos. And so the way that I can give back and foster community is teach them or be in some sort of mentoring position or just be a listening ear, an adult that they can connect with. And we have talked about this recently. I know I'm not sure exactly what conversation, but that also means you have to know what you're good at. Yeah. You got to know yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, before you can give creatively to your community, know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, I guess this is kind of two shoots off of that same thing. Um, but one thing you can do is share what you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it will look like it won't look like growing flowers and then giving away bouquets. It will look like sharing the knowledge of how to grow the flowers um, inversely. Sometimes what you need to share is what you make. Mm-hmm. So there's the quilt guild here um, donates quilts to a local women's shelter. Um, I know a lot of people like when masks were a thing, people were like making masks and giving those away. Um, 
in contrast to us making masks and selling them. Yes. So that kind of goes to the conversation about sometimes you do need to make money for the thing that you're doing. Oh, absolutely. So that then you can like also be generous. It takes both things. Yes. Because we don't live in a barter society. We live in a society that requires money. (laughs) Indeed. And finally, um, offer something specific. So I think about when people come to us and say, what do you need? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can do blow anything um, versus I just met with a guy who's new to town, this older gentleman, and he's looking for ways to get involved. And he had gone to a shelter and was like, I'll mow your grass. Mm-hmm. So he offered them something very specific. He saw they have, they have grass, grass that is going to be an expense or their own resources to keep that mowed. That's something I can do yeah. is swing by with my mower and take care of this. And even if that, even if that place already has someone who comes and mows for free, that would be an excellent opportunity for them to say, would you be able to do this? Yeah. Would this be an excellent way to help us out? Yeah. So a lot of times we want to be generous with our time and with our resources, but we put the responsibility on the person that we're asking to tell us what they need. And, um, you know, a lot of times we're also just trying to, um, get by, like, we don't know what we need. Yeah. We just know how to survive. (laughs) But if you bring something specific, then that can be, um, something someone can say yes to really easily. So, yes. Um, and that ties in beautifully with checking to make sure that someone else isn't already doing what you're offering. Um, because maybe you can join forces with the person who's going around and mowing people's yards. Yeah. And y'all can like have a whole a whole thing going on. Yeah. Or it lets that person know who they can call. Like, oh, I'm going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, could you swim oh, by yes. and, and mow? Because sometimes we don't offer because we don't want to get stuck doing that thing forever and ever yeah and i think that ties in beautifully with what you said about being willing to sub in Mm -hmm. like you may already know that somebody's doing this but they need a sub to be able to do that Mm -hmm. um so i've i've done that before for different creative things there was a person that taught an embroidery at um like a women's rehab center that person was out for like two or three weeks and they were like hey can you come in i was like absolutely yeah and i loved it yeah So. so that's all i got lovely Beautiful. So be responsible with your creativity. Mm-hmm. Now, is she stuck? She might be, but I don't <laughs> think she's whining just yet. I thought I heard her whine, but I couldn't tell. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that we will have to get her out. Yeah. She is. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Pip. It's going to be wild. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, okay. I just talked a long time. What's All your right. suite? Uh, my suite is that I am almost through with a rainbow dress, which whoop looks whoop. super cool. Yeah, it does look cool. Love that. Um, and hang on, I wrote something else down. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I'm gonna get it done so I can go visit my friend in it. So I'm gonna go to Nashville, <laughs> see her, and I'll have a new dress to wear. So Yay. two awesome things. Yes. Um, my suite, and I can say it this week because when the episode comes out, it will already have happened. Okay. Is that um, I am going to surprise my bestie. Hey! I know. She lives in Maryland. Oh, that's so far. Yeah. And I have um, a t-shirt quilt that I've had for years that I needed to make for her. And her husband had sent me a message like, hey, like, could we get that done for her birthday? I'll pay you like the big bucks. I yeah. said, what if you just pay for me to come visit and hand deliver it? And so she has no idea. And... um She's coming here in June for a wedding that we're going to go to. So we've been able to talk about seeing each other, but she doesn't know that I'm How coming. soon? Like, <laughs> I, I love fun surprises so, like um, that. That's exciting. Very the, cool. As of right now, the quilt is not finished and I leave in a couple days, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It'll be good. You work well under pressure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We What's your this? sour? Um, man, lately I've just been struggling with my mind racing, going to these mm. like negative thoughts and like just really like spiraling. And so I'm trying to center myself. Sewing a dress has been helpful. Um, trying to listen to music that allows me to work through those thoughts because mm. oftentimes you're just like, oh, I just don't want to be thinking about that right now. But sometimes you need to like fully walk through them. Yeah. And get so that you can get to the other side. But yeah, it's just been a lot of like negativity swirling around up in there. And I'm real tired of that. Mm. So 
hopefully I can find, I can center myself and try to work through that. And the part that's annoying is that you do just have to like keep moving. Like you've got to keep going. You either have to move forward to get out of it or you have to walk backward to get out of it. Yeah. But you can't just, you can't like, just like sit around and splash in it. Like you're, or like allow or yourself like to get it has to get, it. it just takes the time. Yes. For it to either it roll up. over. Yeah. Um, you can't apparate out of it. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I that wish. Nice? Um, my sour is that I'm traveling. I mean, I'm, I, that was my sweet the, to go the see my traveling friend, part. The actual traveling part I don't like. I don't like being away from home. Yeah. Pip will miss you. And I, well, she won't. She'll be having fun at the boarding place. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's I will miss her. Friends. I, you know, I don't want to be on an airplane. Yeah. I don't want the, I don't want to pack. Ugh. I don't like any of the stuff around traveling. So um, that is my sour. But, it does have a sweet finish, so yes. it's okay. It's, it's an okay good. kind of sour. What are you learning? Uh, I'm learning that I kind of dig shorter dresses now. Hey. I was, like, going to make this dress longer, and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cute as is. Now, like... And it is a summer dress. It is a summer dress. But as I'm getting, you know, a little bit older, I do, like, get concerned about, like, how short things are. Not necessarily for modesty's sake, but sometimes with the prints and colors that I choose, if I choose to wear a shorter dress, it makes me look a little juvenile. Mm, especially yeah. because I have long legs. So it just kind of makes me look like I have put on my younger sister's dress. Yeah. So I kind of have to watch for that. Yeah. I can um, see what you mean. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm learning that like, hey, there's like a cute length of dress that isn't totally to my calves. Right. <laughs> yeah. What are you learning? I'm just watching all kinds of planty YouTube. I just Plant love it. tube. Yeah. Oh, I, I bet you it's a I'm wholesome place to it. be. Mm-hmm. I'm just watching people plant things in the ground. How wholesome. Yeah. I dig it. All right, friends. That's it. <laughs> Go create responsibly. <laughs> Re- yeah. Res- <laughs> We've now turned into like a beer commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that is what I thought about at first. Oh, you know what we need to do? What? Before we take these microphones down, we got to record a new outro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because our outro, our old one still talked about buying a mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't do that. I'm, we're not making them right now. <laughs> no, hopefully never again. Um, so if you usually skip the outro, maybe you should stay and listen to it. It it's might be different new. this time. <laughs> How exciting. Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye. You can find us at Make Do Create on Instagram, Make Do Cersei on Facebook, or you can just head to our website at makedocreate.org. That's the best place to sign up for our email list, too, if you want to hear more stories and that sort of thing. So go now. Go, go. If you like our theme music, that is from my dear, dear friend, Craig Hudson, and you can listen to him on Spotify. That's Craig Hudson with a T. Um, I do. I listen to his playlist all the time. 